Hey, Cameron. Hi, Chad. This is take number two. I, apparently, uh, we're not allowed to have nice things like that intro we did that no one will get to hear, but it was a really good intro. I'm not going to repeat any of it for the listeners because you had to be there and you weren't. You weren't fucking special enough, you goddamn cunts. I don't mean that, listeners. You're beautiful. I'm just mad at my microphone. Okay, and take three in three, <laughs> two, one. That's right, uh, everyone. We're back with another exciting, fun episode of Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad, bringing the laughs 24-7. I'm such what's a bitter with, asshole. What's, 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 what's new with you, Chad? So I was, I, was, I was gearing up to bitch about Lego stuff. Cause, I still want to hear that story, though. Yeah, so I've been watching, I watch this ASMR guy. He builds Lego sets, and I'm like, you know, that seems fun. I haven't built a Lego set in a super long time. I'm going to go online and look at Lego sets. And, like, I remember them being expensive. Like, they were never a cheap toy. But what in the holy hundred fuck is this shit? I'm looking at some of these. Like, here's a little Winnie the Pooh set. That's cute. A hundred goddamn dollars and it's out of stock. These Star Wars ones are all well over a hundred. Yeah, the Millennium Falcon at 800. Haha, that's funny. Here's a typewriter for 200 fucking dollars. Why is this out of stock? Who wants to buy a fucking typewriter for 200 dollars? Can't even type with it. Like, I want to get the Seinfeld one. What the shit is this fuck? Like, here's a, here's an EV3 color sensor. I I don't even know what this is, but it's fifty dollars. This might actually be like a Technic part with with uh, computer pieces in it. So okay, ignore that one. That one's fine. Um, here's another Star Wars thing for seventy dollars. Here's another one for three hundred fifty. They got Statue of Liberty for two hundred or hundred twenty dollars. Like what? Why? What? It's art. Who wants to build the White House for $100? If you have a lot of care about, the, like, U.S. history and traveling the world, it might be a nice centerpiece for Here, your library. Here's a cute little Dubai uh, set. Like, I don't even think it's that big. It's 60 fucking dollars. How many bricks are in this stupid thing? 740 That's a little more than what it looks like. They're very small. It's kind of so, charming. It, I'm not going to get it, but holy fuck. Yeah, there's kind of this misconception that, that Lego is expensive. Or rather, that it's like grown in price, but it's always been this expensive. It's just the sets used to have like a quarter as many pieces. Well, they were bigger, and so like, like the, uh, well, no, I mean like the price per plastic ounce. It's still kind of competitive. They just they use a quality plastic. That's why they don't break. Oh, dude, there is one that's kind of cool though. You can it's dinosaur fossils. You can make like a T Rex and a Triceratops. And a little uh, Demetrius, the, whatever the flying one is, pterosaur. And honestly, I, yeah, that this one, this one's cool. I kind of like this one. And there's a bonsai tree that's also kind of cool. I I want I, the I want the Lego set, the Seinfeld one. The Seinfeld one, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't hate Seinfeld, but I don't like it enough to buy a Lego set of it. I do. Here's a Ford Mustang for 150 dollars, and like. I, I, it's a legitimately like that is kind of a showpiece thing that looks like a good model car and it turns out oh actually it's Legos like I but imagine if get you it. had uh, imagine you had like a classy library and you wrote books yourself and you take pride in your books and it's like you know I, I love I love assembling models why don't I get like a Lego typewriter and that will look nice on my my bookshelf here yeah here's a picture of me enjoying the Seinfeld Lego set I'm smiling that's not you. 
It's kind. It's a. It's an approximation of me because I would be smiling if I had a Lego Seinfeld set. That's fair. I just. I don't know. I like. I'm not like eager to throw my money away. Like I just threw forty dollars at a good buy all the booze again, which I'm drinking now. And uh, man, last month was expensive because I had to get new glasses and I had to book a lesson for vocals and all. And all I had to get gas a couple times, right? And it's like, yeah, things I don't need is a Lego set, but. I don't know. There's something kind of like fun about. I haven't built a Lego set in like over a decade, and it just seems kind of like a neat thing to do. I could just go to my house, like my parents' house. We have all our old Legos, but none of those old sets are really show pieces. Like they look like toys. They're very chunky. They're very like neon. A lot of them. I think we've talked about this before. I have a lot of fond memories of playing with them, but they're not something I would throw on a bookshelf to display. Whereas, I will say like some of these new ones, maybe not the dinosaur fossils, but like the bonsai tree. This is kind of a clever thing. Like, this is kind of cute. Like, I, I, you know, there's something to be said here, but is it... Actually, this one's only 50 bucks. That's not that bad compared to some of these other ones. I really like the ship in the bottle. I didn't see that one. Look that one up. I don't know if I can buy that one. I think that one's sold out. Uh, I mean, it's been in the clearance bin at Target for years, so you had your chance. I am not on Target. I'm in, uh... What the fuck is this? The Upside Down? What's this from? Stranger Things. Oh, I don't give a fuck about that. The ship in a bottle sounds kind of cool. It's actually a very classy piece. I don't know why we're looking... Oh, I do know why we're looking up Lego sets on the show. It's because I brought it up like an asshole. Now, I come from a Lego household. So you can't come here with that bullshit and expect me to just agree with you. I like Legos. I I played with lots of Legos when I was a kid. Okay, no, uh, you don't play with Legos, okay? You appreciate the system. I don't understand. Yeah, of course you don't. What's it? You you build them, and then you play with them, and then you take them apart, and you build other stuff. It's the Lego brick system that's very important to their mission statement. And what is that? The Lego brick system. You don't have anything... The guy that invented Legos, like the original molds, um, like they they buried them on the property so no one can find them. That's kind of funny. They are like a bizarre kind of company. <laughs> All the it sucks. All the really cool sets are are uh, Star Wars ones, and I don't want one of those. I don't like Star Wars enough to buy that. Oh, there's Super Mario Brothers Legos. You could like build King Koopa's castle. For $50. Yay. I don't know. What? I, this is, I, I guess I was trying not to be like a curbudgeon asshole. And I was like, oh, we'll talk about Legos. That'll be fun for a little bit. And then it's like, oh, they're expensive and I'm a cheap ass. So I want to talk mind. about Megablocks. So I don't think okay. Megablocks is making He-Man sets anymore. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Now they did they get a lot of traction out of that property. They did get around to doing a Castle Grayskull. It's like, hey, you know what? Good job, guys. Um... You did a, you had a good run. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of a bummer because I, I like, I miss seeing those. <laughs> like going by the store, it's always kind of fun seeing all the cool Mega Block sets. And it's like, oh, look, 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 they, they got these things going on. Hey. <laughs> but they don't do Warcraft anymore. They don't do Star Trek anymore. Okay. I found a, I found a Elsa's castle from Frozen. And uh, it's kind of a neat castle, not going to lie. Like, obviously, you know, the, the, the marketing campaign a little different, but 
I like the color scheme. I like the, the, a lot of the transparent icy blues. You can build an abominable snowman. He's got like claws. Like kind of a kind of a cute set, honestly. Other than you know, it's eighty goddamn dollars. What else we got here? There's a Ray on the Last Dragon. Uh, that one looks kind of like shit. That one's pretty bad. Not not a fan. Oh yeah, I know that one. That that was a very. Uh, it's not a great design set. No, that Sisu looks like it looks really, really bad. Like I, I get the, I get the, the gist. I get the attempt. I'm upset by the uh, execution. I have a feeling if I like cars, some of these car sets would really do it for me. Like I, I they're legitimately like well crafted things you can. Build. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the skyline stuff is kind of neat too. Not enough for me to get them, but like I, I, I appreciate like the aesthetic they're going for, like. I'm not upset, I'm just... Oh, the San Francisco one's kind of neat, like, with the bridge. Like, that looks like a cool thing to build. They're using Lego bricks really creative ways. I'm sorry if this is boring. I'm just bored, and I don't know what I'm doing anymore. What? I don't know what my life has become. I'm just... I'm, I'm tired. I tried to take okay? a nap when I got home, and I couldn't sleep because the couch was uncomfortable, and my cat was being a dickhead. No. It's okay. He's always a dickhead. It'd be weird if he wasn't one day. Oh, I like. I always like the Lego sharks. I had a bunch of water sets when I was a kid. The sharks were always fun. You could like fit, uh, le- you know, like a Lego brick characters in their mouths, like up to the legs, and have them like chew on stuff. But they also had little. Uh, you could put them on stuff. Like you could like affix a Lego shark to a thing, and it'd be like this thing is equipped shark. That was always fun. Yeah, the sharks were always cool. I I mean, I have a lot of a uh, a Lego nostalgia. Yeah. Faux show. I cannot find this ship in a bottle on Target. Really? I, and I googled Lego ship in a bottle, and I'm like 11 pages in. And admittedly, I'm enjoying just scrolling through looking at all the sets, so. Oh, boy. Some I'll of the Ninjago here. stuff's kind of neat. Like I, like, I think if I were oh, a yeah. kid, I would be super into that. Like, some of those are cool designs for, like, monsters and uh, whatever they are. Things. This Ghostbusters it- set, like, 200 goddamn dollars. Admittedly, like it's a well-crafted, put-together thing, but fuck, that is a lot for a car. Did you see the um the Ninjago movie? No, that was cute. And that doesn't surprise me. It seems like the people doing those Lego movies are doing a good job. Batman was really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did you see the Lego movie too? Yes. I love how. Um, they did that one song, but they did it opposite, so everything is not awesome. Yeah, that was clever. And I, it, this this played in really great, because I was having this conversation with the family, and my dad said something along the lines of, uh, like, we're, we're upset about something. We're like, oh, we're depressed about whatever blah blah happened in the news or something. Um, and my dad, like, sarcastically said, um, everything is great. And my mom said, "Isn't that that Lego song?" And he said, "No, it, it like that's like everything is good, everything is fun." And so she turned to me and said, "No, what's the name of the Lego song?" And I said, "Everything's not awesome." And she's like, "No, everything is awesome." And I was like, "No, let me bring it up." And I brought up everything is not awesome and like played nice. it real quick. And it's like flaring in the house. <laughs> these characters are all like, like no, these are the lyrics. And like everything's not awesome. Everything is sad. And she's like, what is this? It's like, that's yeah, a Lego movie. It's got the logo. That's funny. That weirdly reminds me of a conversation I had this morning. Mostly because show tunes. 
but uh someone said something like oh i'm watching lame is also known as like the best musical and someone's like i don't know about that and i was like the spongebob <laughs> musical is the best musical and then i linked the plankton song where he raps and i'm just like Okay, I feel like maybe it's too early in the morning for this, but also it, it did kind of brighten my morning. Because the Spongebob <laughs> musical fucking rules. Also, the ship in a bottle is really great. I could actually see myself getting this one. That's a beautiful piece for any shelf. And I have... So when I... When I well, I don't know if I'd put anything here, but I have like a, a, a table when you come into my house. It's a, it's like a half circle one. So it's up against a wall. And I, you know, put my keys and, and all kind of odds and ends, but it's got a second shelf underneath and I don't have anything on there. And so I'm like, could I get a cool Lego set or something to put on there with the cat? Leave it alone is it is the big question. But like the ship in a bottle thing is like, this is really cool and it's really cute. That's almost a thousand pieces. That's not bad. Like it, it's not very big, but that's also nice for a Lego. I don't know. I have to think on this one. Like I might. If you want, like if you want something classy that speaks to your tastes purely for decoration, but also kind of fun, this sort of qualifies. Knowing your cat, eh. Yeah, well, see, I think because it's rounder, I don't know if the cat will be able to bite it. So there's that. The bonsai tree is pretty cool, too. But I like the bonsai tree. I actually saw that on clearance at one point, and I very nearly got it. But I don't really have a decent place to put it. Yeah, I mean, my, I, my, my shelves... They exist for things like this, my bookshelves and books. I need to get more stands for my my characters, my toys, because the ones that are on stands don't fall over. The ones that aren't, the cat knocks over. Except the alien toys, he still he fucks those up really good. Anyways, everyone should go watch the SpongeBob musical. Yay! Um, I sent you before. another one, another Lego set. Oh. Yeah, scroll up a little. Hey. I did. Oh, I didn't know they did the Futurama one. Or is this just an ideas thing? Can you actually buy this? They no, it's not. It's not approved for sale yet. But actually, oh. like almost everything you've brought up came from the ideas. <laughs> Dude, that ship is so cool. Oh man, I would like. This is rad as fuck. Even got Zoidberg. For for listeners at home, I sent him a Futurama Planet Express building. Made out of Lego brick system. I like this. I like this a whole hell of a lot. I, w- I would love for this to be... I would actually probably get this, because I've been watching Futurama, which is a good way to segue into our episode topic, because I want to talk about Futurama. So when you point out it's a segue, it takes away from how effective the segue is. You know what, camera? You can fuck right off. I, I tried very hard to give you that link at an appropriate time. You did a great job. I want to point it out. <laughs> so anyways what why why are you why do you want to talk about futurama isn't that show old we've talked about iCarly and all their old shows oh I'm there's making, like, nothing old about that show making like slip smacks and stuff that's gonna sucked at it for you but anyways timeless it is timeless iCarly is timeless futurama is timeless i agree um but i've been watching futurama it was uh with the parents my brother's idea, because we were like, what should we watch next? He's like, well, we haven't seen Futurama in a long time. And uh, it's been just a huge treat going back through the show. We're almost done with season five. And it, I don't even know where to begin. Like, there's so many things that this show does so well. I love I love the sci-fi. Like, first and foremost, like, it, it, it knows it's a science fiction show, and it 
fucking runs with it a lot and it does such an awesome job because it's so fun and like even some of the one-off jokes one that really struck me uh bender was like a hobo and he was riding the light rail train and they get to a prism (laughs) and it breaks into the different colors and that's how they like those each go to like a different planet or whatever and it was it was such a pretty visual and it was such a like it's like this is a dumb two-second gag but it was so clever and you're like, you could do you could do a whole episode with this, but this is a, a, a small gag and then we're done. And the show is full of stuff like that. That is that you can tell like they had so much fun writing that show and just coming up with science fiction stuff or making fun of science fiction stuff. But then at the same time, it's so rooted in two thousand in the early two thousands because that's when it was made. And so it's like, well, what are all the celebrities we want to spoof? Well, they'll just be heads in jars. Or we still got VHS tapes. Uh, we still got calculators that run on tape, you know, paper that Hermes is doing. It's not like no one's got iPods or anything like that, right? Like, in that was actually really cringy when they did that iPod episode. Yeah, we haven't got to the new stuff yet. Um, uh, it, it. I just wanted to go on a tangent before we really dig into Futurama itself. Okay. Um, I was I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about um like comedians and cancel culture and how like comedy has changed over the years and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember what point they were making because they weren't articulating it very well, but I was reflecting on it and I I realized that like there haven't been a lot of good comedies in recent years. Like I find myself laughing less. Sure. And I think that it's not that uh, comedy used to be funny. It's that comedy used to be smart and that smart, like having actual smart writers that set up clever jokes is what makes a comedy show work. Yeah. And Futurama, I don't know if you know this, but it was running at the same time as The Simpsons. Yep. And well, a lot of people just thought it would be the same as The Simpsons, but sci-fi. And like, why bother? But the writing team they went with were like science fiction writers. It wasn't comedy writers. It was like, who can we get that actually understands like physics and will make jokes that we have to dumb down? Yeah. And that bleeds through the show because there is constant little gags that if you understand the implications of what you're looking at, it becomes even funnier at how little they care. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a level of smartness that <laughs> I think that's why Futurama is timeless. It wasn't just topical. What would it be like in the year 3000? It's like a series of actual f- clever gags. Yeah, and... The characters are really well written, and they're, like, really consistently written, I think. And then, obviously, with the big thing that Futurama does, because everyone remembers, like, those episodes, like Jurassic Bark, or the ones where you find out, uh... You know, oh, Lila, the sad ones. The sad ones, the right? The deliberately like, sad ones. And, like, the one, um... The one that with uh, Leela and her parents, where, like, you find out her parents were mutants, and uh, she's, like... There's, like, this montage of her growing up, and they were always kind of there, you know, like, making sure she didn't yeah. kill herself or leaving her stuff. And, like, like I legitimately teared up when I watched that, like, when it came on, like, at that end. Like, it was so, it was really beautiful. It was funny. It was clever. It was delivered perfectly. The music was perfect for it. Like, it's one of those things where Rick and Morty doesn't do stuff like that. I don't think The Simpsons, like, they never really got me that way. South Park sure shit didn't. Family Guy sure shit didn't, right? Like, these shows that i guess this might be competing with like they do good stuff sometimes but the the emotional beats that futurama is able to hit 
are like far and away better than a lot of the the ones out there. I haven't seen BoJack Horseman. I know that gets pretty. I feel like that's more of a Rick and Morty kind of like we're gonna get really nihilistic and dark, have fun kind of thing, which it can be fun, but obviously is a completely different core than like this very sweet, hopeful thing that that scene was. Uh, the Jurassic Bark thing is just mean, but I I like it because it's it is mean. Like it's so it's just so mean. Why would they do that? Yeah, I think that episode gets a little overrated just because of the shock value, which I also want to describe M. Night Shyamalan's career that way. Yeah. Where people are like, they were, they've never been surprised before. He's a genius. He surprised me once. And it's like, what? Are you, what? <laughs> the other really gorgeous episode was the one with um the four-leaf clover, or no, the seven-leaf clover. Yes. And you find out that Fry's brother named his kid after him and he was the first person to go to mars or whatever like and just the way things kind of tied together and the the emotional whiplash of like he's really angry and then all of a sudden he's just like overwhelmed because this beautiful thing happened and it was so unfair he didn't get to live through it and the way this show like works with its characters and then that time travel stuff and just i don't know it 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 consistently impresses me like every episode in season four and five fucking rocks and if it's not because there's like something like that it's because the jokes are awesome or the premise is super fucking clever or just kind of a mixture of all three and it's a shame that like it's had such a weird trajectory because i know it got revived with comedy central and the episodes, and I haven't gotten to those yet. And I know the episodes, they, they're they're very different flavored because they're a lot more of like satire. Like there's a really bad like iPhone episode. Um, I do remember the last episode of the series being really strong and like it actually ends on a pretty good note, which I think at that point is really all I ever wanted from those last couple seasons. It's like, please just give this the ending it deserves. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I should like, find specific things to talk about but because i mean you're looking at five seasons with a lot of fantastic episodes it's like i don't know where to begin yeah so i actually brought up an episode like tier list uh this is kind of just some guy's opinion but it's like top 40 episodes and scrolling through it's really funny because each of these there's like one thumbnail in the title and i laugh out loud thinking about it and he has like, here's my favorite quote from it. And I'll read the quote. And it's like, I can hear the voices in my head. Like, it, it is such a memorable line. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked before about how quotable the show is. Yeah. Like, I've I've sincerely exited conversations by saying, I'll be in the angry dome. <laughs> and everyone in the room understands what I'm referencing. And it, it eases the tension. But I'm also literally leaving to go be angry, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, this stuff seeps into conversation. I uh, I know there there's certain jokes I use a lot like I'm not allowed to sing court order which is like a bender one. I've said that many many times throughout my life cuz it's super clever. Also I'm a shit fucking singer and it's so like it it applies, right? Like I wish I I wish I had written them all down because I remember going through as we've been watching this being like, "Oh, that's where that line is from." Like I say that every once in a while. Of course I can't recall any of them off the top of my head. But one of my is, favorite running gags is just when Bender says neat and pulls out a camera. Yeah. At, like, like, the least appropriate times. I thought he did that more. I'm wondering if he does that more in the Comedy Central seasons. Like, he does it a handful of times in the first five, but I expected more of the camera, I guess. Like, Well, it, it's funny. Um, I tried watching The Simpsons on Disney+, and The Simpsons, even the good episodes, I don't want to watch more than one in a row because the patterns are so consistent. 
like there's a there's a season where this starts happening where every everyone seems to have the exact same arc and at some point Lisa will say doesn't the bible say uh, judge not lest ye be judged and then the angry mob will start yelling anyways and then Mrs. Lovejoy will say won't somebody think of the children and it's like it happens every single episode Mm. And those are funny running gags to rely on, but when you binge the show, it's like, I can't take this anymore. Sure. I don't think Futurama ever had that problem, because I used to watch no. like Futurama marathons. Like I just have it on the background, and those clever jokes come through. <laughs> yeah. It stands on those. It's not just recognizing the characters. It's the actual jokes are funny. Oh, that, that's another one. Um. I I also say like really often every time someone like asks me why they can't do something I say because you lack the will of the warrior. <laughs> I love the uh I love the robots in Futurama too and I know this is like it, it's almost something it almost comments on where there's that episode where the Hermes leaves or gets fired and they get a new uh accountant and she ends up like taking Bender's uh, emotions or whatever, and he's just like a, a regular bending unit without any personality. And so it kind of just like, why do the robots have personalities? Like, they don't need them. It clearly gets them into shitloads of trouble. There are literal like uh, robots committing crimes. I mean, Bender commits crimes all the fucking time. But they're so fun, and they get to do things just a bit differently than the humans do because they're robots. Uh, Bender's stretchy arms or whatever. Uh, or the, the the greenhouse gas episode that they did with global warming and the robots all needing to like vent to move the earth, you know, a degree to the left so it they it's further out. Like Oh, that that was another episode I liked where the uh um the they they had like the, the crappy news show going and there was like a turtle that was upside down. Yeah. And and like and and like Linda's like like oh, I'm sure those windmills will keep them warm. Windmills do not work that way. Good night. <laughs> I love the I love the newscaster, like how angry he is. Yeah, Morbo. Morbo's great. Um <laughs> I'm scrolling through this list and uh there's this one where they, they there was like a, a cryogenics anonymous group and Fry oh, met yeah. the eighties business guy. And I I love the the lazy Deus Ex Machina at the end where he just coincidentally never treated his bonitis and he just dies at the appropriate time. Yeah. Because it's also like, yeah, we're done with this character. We can move on. It feels so appropriate that it plays exactly the way it needs to. There's that. And then just like the the mindset around the being, you know, the vaccine and the pandemic, right? Like, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of, some of the stuff in this show that despite being almost 20 years old, like, still rings a bit true like some of their satire on either people or politics and you're like oh that's either gotten worse or hasn't gone away and just like the the how well it handles satire because i feel like one of the problems with south park is because it's trying to be so current that episodes don't hold up a year later because like oh yeah that mean that that's not happening anymore that celebrity doesn't matter anymore no one gives a fuck right like the the double-edged sword of trying to like make an episode in a week so you can comment on the thing happening that week or the week prior is that well two years from now that might not be relevant and so the way futurama handles all this stuff i feel like they get the benefit of oh a year from now 10 years from now two decades from now like it's still it's still funny you can still get something out of this even if like i mean i, I don't know what lucy Lou's up to right but 
the way she's handled in that episode about, you know, you wouldn't download a Lucy Lubot kind of thing. Like, no, people still torrent stuff. Like, it downloads stuff and the internet has completely altered how we distribute media. Like, like that's still, there's still a, a gem of that episode that rings true. It's also kind of funny the way how it's such a lazy joke, but it's also really clever when they go to Napster to download a Lucy Lou and then the sign like drops over and the sign is actually kid Napster. Yeah. But it's like, why did you print that up there? Like, just don't, don't cover it up with cardboard. Just don't print the name kid Napster. It's so stupid that it's like adorable. Yeah. Um, I like when they, they go to the internet for the first time. Yes. And it's like, they all put on their VR headsets and like boot into the matrix or whatever. And I literally just saw this on the VR chat subreddit yesterday where it's like logging into vr chat is like this and it's just like it's the sequence of accessing the internet and there's like a holographic city and fry is like like wow it's all asses and there's just like a bunch of pop-up ads with asses on them yeah uh, yeah the, the vr thing is great because like 20 years ago when that came out it's like oh my god wouldn't that be like the coolest thing ever and then like i that every sunday we do that like, hey let's log into vr and go through cool cities and then play mini golf and uh i don't know I love how weird, like, the aliens are that they meet. Like, that episode where they go to deliver um, that giant sandstone block and then basically become, like, Egyptian slaves. Yeah, that was is, a good one. Is really funny. And, like, it's so stupid, but the writing is so fun. Like, when Fry's like, you know what's the worst about being a slave? The hours. They don't, you know, like, <laughs> they don't pay you. It, it's that. It's also, like, every time I see, like, a giant monument or, like, uh, who who went into space last weekend? Uh, it wasn't Elon Musk. It was the other one, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Bezos is literally in like midair, and the camera's on him. And in my head, I hear "Remember me, remember yeah. me." Uh, here's this one. I like the "What If" machine. Yes, those were good. And, I kind of wish they. And there was more this one where it was like the Wizard of Oz. And one of my favorite deliveries was, like, they do the setup for Fry, and they do the setup for Bender, but it's like, there's only so much time in the episode, so then, like, Zoidberg just shows up, and he's not wearing a costume or anything. He's like, and, and I'm I'm the other guy, Courage, not enough of it. I need some from what's-his-name. Let's just go. And then when they <laughs> when they get to the wizard, um, it, it's it's uh, Zoidberg's turn, and so he goes up to Dr. Zoidberg. He's like, he's like oh, and Dr. Zoidberg, you need Courage. But who needs courage when you have a gun? And he just gives him like a revolver. He's like, "Yay!" The great thing about that joke, one thing it's it's amazing, it's super funny. But also, like, I thought I didn't think that was Futurama. Cause I remembered that joke. I thought that was a South Park thing or a Family Guy thing. And it's like, nah, it's it's the better of the two. <laughs> yes, because that that's one of the things too. Is rewatching Futurama really made me realize that like. You know, those those rankings of like, oh, the adult cartoons, which one's your favorite? It's like, oh, you know, Futurama really is like the best one or one of the best ones. Uh, f- there was a long time where I really liked South Park. And then South Park has had a somewhat Simpsons thing where like there's really good episodes of South Park. And then as it's gone on, I feel like like the last season was bad. It was just not good. And I know like there's the Comedy Central seasons of Futurama are not as good as the other ones. But I don't think there are like. There's not like a, a full bad season. There's a couple bad episodes. You know, I I want to say the first run was pretty lame. Of Futurama? Of that reboot. Um when they when they picked up on Comedy Central. 
There was some. There was definitely some stinkers in there. I feel like there's I, some good it, ones though. I mean, it, it kind of got better towards the end, and I think when they came back for another season, it was better. But it, again, like they open with an iPhone gag. Yeah. And everyone's waiting in line for the new iPhone. And it's like, are we sure this isn't on Fox? Because this really sounds like a late Simpsons gag. Like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't working for me. Um, but yeah, they do get better later. Like, I know there's an episode where they they do a bunch of like crazy like time travel stuff and uh, basically find out the universe loops. And oh I thought, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was an original episode, original five first five seasons. I don't think it is. No, I think that was in the later one, which that, again they do they do get the groove back. Cause that episode is really, really good. It's it's also very smart and it, it does this like high concept sci-fi thing where it's like this could just be a sci-fi novel. And then yeah. just put jokes in it. But then later, like they resolve it in the most comedic way where it's like, well, let's just wipe out the universe again because they keep like overshooting their exit, so they're just like looping universes. And it's like it's so it becomes so passe <laughs> where it's it's like I think at one point they're like, oh, well, if we just repeat history, um, we should stop. And I want to uh, I want to shoot Hitler. It's like, OK, so they just pull over in World War Two real quick and somebody shoots Hitler. Like, yeah, that was fun. And then like when they're doing it the third time, it's like, I'm just going to try and nail him out the out the window. And he just like rolls down yeah. the car window and shoots and like accidentally hits somebody else. Like, ah, it's fine. I know, then, like, you look at this, and it's like, oh, here's Game of Tones, and there's, like, a, a Game of Thrones probably spoof, and it's like, okay, that, that's not really what I want out of Futurama. Maybe it's not. That, shit, there's, like, five paragraphs to explain this plot. I don't, I don't care enough to read those. I like Zoidberg. Oh, I feel like damn. that's, uh, not a hot take. I feel like everyone should like <laughs> No, a lot of people do. He's so um, fun. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was the Star Trek parody one. Oh, with the the guy the they get captured and the by the the one annoying Star Trek fan. Yeah, it's it's literally just like it's structured as if it's a Star Trek episode, but then it's also literally just a Star Trek fanboy that wants to have like his own private Star Trek convention and ask dumb questions while they're at a panel. Like it, it's a uh, it's very funny and loops in on itself very well. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really love, there's like a series of jokes in there that you'd only really get if you knew Star Trek inside and out, but they don't lean so hard into it that nobody can appreciate it. I like how, uh, Leela and, uh, Sp not Spock, um, wow. I want to say Diddy Crane, but that's not the actor's name. That's the character he plays in Boston Legal. <laughs> Shatner, William Shatner. Leela and Shatner, you know, like, basically hook up in that episode, which is really f clever because of how often he gets, uh, gets with people in the in the show with the aliens. Well, it's funny. Um, she gets with people more often than he does. Who? Leela. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was sort of the, like, it's not like he, it's not like she hooked up with anybody else. But it's also like it, she's the, the brave captain person that, like, leads the ground crew. That is true. So it's just it's a fun parallel thing where it's like in a weird way they're they're similar characters even though you would never think that on a surface level. Yeah. Looking at like the episode list now too, just because I, I there's so freaking many of them. I'm trying to remember like 
<laughs> the, I feel like the uh, the one where they go back in time to Roswell. That one's awesome. That one's super I, funny. I love the part of the ending. They have this quote written down here where like they're doing the heroic escape, and it's like you know who cares about the secrecy? I just want to get out of here. And so they're they're pulling out, and Fry's like, "Well, wait, Professor. Like, won't we? You know, won't we destroy history if somebody sees this? Oh, a lesson in not changing history from Mister. I'm my own grandpa." That's funny, and then like that kind of like comes around because when the brains attack and they can't operate on Fry, and it's because he's his own grandpa. It's uh, it, this show is well written in a way that's deceptive at first. Yeah. I like this stuff with Nibbler and the Nibblonians too. And it's like he shows up at one point in just kind of a random episode and, and they're you know, they're trying to save the animals, it doesn't work, but they save him. Or no, they save a bunch, but he eats them all, and it's like, ah, that's like a funny gag. And then he becomes a really important character as far as like in relation to the cosmos of the universe, and Fry has to like make the decision whether he's gonna be frozen or not to save the universe. And it, it like when you're watching season one and you're seeing these really stupid jokes. They're clever. They're funny. But, like, they're not the the potential isn't quite there. And it's like, this is a really funny cartoon. I'm glad I'm watching this. And you get towards the end. You're like, oh, my God. I cannot believe this stuff this show is, like, willing to tackle. Just the character beats and, and whatnot. Like, giving Fry that element of uh, letting him choose, make the choice. I cannot think of words today. Jesus Christ. But, like, like that's a really agency. big moment for him. Agency. Yeah. Like, giving him the agency is, like, really, really important. but clever and like there's just so many good pieces of storytelling in that episode and you don't have to care about them because you can just enjoy it as a funny episode of space sci-fi stuff i like in the very first episode um when fry like falls back into the cryogenic freezer oh you can actually see nibbler's shadow oh you can yeah like there's a part where it zooms in and you see the chair like going back from the feet and you see a weird shadow, and it's Nibbler's eye. So, is that actually in the first episode? Because I know there's a, yeah. an episode later on where they do a flashback, and they replay that scene, and you can see his eye. You can see that there. I guess no, I that, didn't... that is in the actual first episode. Oh, wow. But there's also a funny episode later when they do time travel stuff again, where they, they play off the fact that they keep coming back to this event for lazy storytelling. So <laughs> there's a point where, like, where, like, Fry and Nibbler are there, but then also there's, like, three other Nibblers and a second Fry, and they're like, ah, you can do it. Like, I, I can't remember the setup for it, because it wasn't a super memorable episode, but it was also, like, thank you for just acknowledging that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, now, I, I want to go real quick. Their, their number one episode on this list, written by uh, Charles Bright, Zach Laws, Chris Beecham, from goldderby.com. No, Golderby. Gold Derby. I don't know. Their number one is the problem with Pobblers. Uh, I would not put that as number one. I think that's a solid episode, but yeah, that's not my number one for sure. It's uh, a funny episode. Do you episode. have a number one? Ooh. Honestly, it might be that episode I mentioned with Leela and that montage at the end. Um, That's a very nice one to pick. I think that everything about that episode is just extremely well done. Um, I think... My favorite is probably going to be the one where uh, Fry gets the robot devil's hands. Oh, that's the last episode, too, in the first run. Uh, was it really? Yep. That's interesting. I never noticed that. 
Um, I really like that one for a few reasons, but I I think my favorite is just the shot at the end where he's alone practicing the holophoner in his apartment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he can't quite make a good sound, but he's like almost forming a picture of Leela. Like he's still, like he's not given up. Yeah. And like the, the, the heart is still there and it speaks on such a deeper level where it's like, man, you know, this show is actually kind of interesting. I like um, one of the episodes we watched somewhat recently is the where they get the superhero cream. And it oh, was fun. okay, yeah. It's fun to see like a cheesy superhero story thrown into Futurama. And you're like, oh yeah, like it's the future. They've already done all kinds of wacky shit. Why not? Like there's a chemical that make, gives you superpowers if you rub it on yourself for a bit. Like just the, what they've able, you know, like they, they set their world up in such a way that like any story idea they have, they can kind of just do. Because either it's aliens or weird technology and you accept it for what it is. And I think that's really, really smart. And why every episode really feels different is just because they're able to just do different stuff every episode. Like they don't have to keep, you know, killing Kenny. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just read another quote that made me laugh. Do you remember when Hermes got fired? Yes. And then they, they brought in like a different uh, bureaucrat to do all the paperwork. Yep. And and she's and it's like an efficiency expert and she's going through everyone's lockers and so she has to fry like like she's digging all this trash, but she's like, Why is this a baseball cap filled with yogurt? And Fry says, Well see, it, it used to be milk and well, time makes fools of us all. It's <laughs> such a good line. And it's like I feel like that's a Homer Simpson line. Um but Fry delivers it in a different way because he is a different kind of stupid. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like stupid characters are fun, but you really have to nail it right. Like, I want to say Patrick Starr is inconsistently stupid. I know yeah. it's like a kid's show. You don't necessarily need to be consistent. But Fry, I kind of get him. <laughs> it's like if he was a real person, I'd understand him. Yeah. Well, I think I think part of the thing that helps with Fry is that, like, he's really relatable. Uh, I think to an extent, like, Homer Simpson is also relatable. But... I don't know. There's something about Fry that he's somewhat well-meaning, but he's also lazy and he likes to drink. He likes to party. Just like he, he, he I don't know. Cause there's like, there's, he's got negative qualities. He's got straight man qualities, but then he's paired with people that have these same qualities, but are way more extreme. Like Bender is lazy and likes to party, but he's also, you know, he's not a good character for the most part, right? Like he's a bit of a villain. He steals, he, he, robs from orphans and then tricks people and it's just but you can see how he's friends with fry and that they can like bring out certain qualities of each other and i think that really helps like ground him in this world is that he feels pretty normal and he's kind of he's definitely stupid but he's not he's definitely he's not patrick stupid for sure like he's not so stupid like that's the joke he's dumb and that informs the jokes that follow yeah, I think you're right. That's actually a good way to put it. Oh, um, I'm, so, I'm just I'm I'm scrolling through these, and it's like, man, there are so many good episodes. Oh, you know who's kind of fun? Um, Amy. Like when she starts off, the you know she's like, and that's our intern, and I feel like the the things that she ends up getting to do and the role she gets to play, really, is unique to her. Like she's not just like this weird funny background character despite like the show kind of comments that she is a bit of a background character like she doesn't get as many big episodes as everybody else like um 
when Leela has that uh, what if thing and and uh, with the the yellow brick road, like I think Amy is like barely in it, if at all, and it's just sort of like that's the joke. It's, it's not about her. Oh, I remember. Uh, uh, Professor Farnsworth is like, we gotta pick. We have one time for one more. Who's next? And she's like, you, you, you. And Amy's like, yeah. And she's like, no, you. And she, then he he picks Leela, and um, <laughs> but I like what she ends up doing with like Kip, and I like uh. Like, her relationship with her parents is really clever and funny. Like, they really utilize her really well. Yeah, I agree. They they don't use her often, but they don't dismiss her as a character. And she does actually get good lines when they do use her. Mm-hmm. I think Zoidberg's the same way. Like, he's not, like, the star of a lot of episodes, but he's in the background of a lot of them. And there's something to be said. Like, the jokes that he kind of has... There's not a lot. There's not like this variety, right? But there's enough nuance to how how he's being set up. Like he, they always feel fairly fresh. I think it goes back to like there are there are reoccurring gags, but they're not like reoccurring in the way The Simpsons are reoccurring or the way South Park were reoccurring. They're you can marathon this and you don't see the 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 stitches and the and the, the plot as far as like oh it's this time now it's this part of the show. And I, I, it's another thing I just like super appreciate. I wish I could be articulate tonight. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, uh, man, I'm just okay. Another one that pops out to me, and I'm surprised it's low on the list. But the one where everybody got three hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that's funny. One the of my favorite gags is just too. like I love the digital money. Where there's like yeah. a talking Nixon on it, and then like as they spend it, the the value goes down. It's it's a that's an adorable little like effect on that. I love Zoidberg in that episode because he's like really the the emotional core to it, where he's trying to be a rich asshole and he's not paying for anything because he's just disappointed and everything. It's like when he goes to the restaurant and he's like, "I already ate garbage today. Why are you giving me garbage?" And Elzo's just like, "That's what rich people eat." And he's like, "Well, I could I could I can get this. This I'm not gonna pay for this. This is stupid." And then at the end, he buys like cheap shitty food for a bunch of hobos. It's just hot dogs. He just he bought three hundred dollars worth of hot dogs and grilled them out back. Yeah, and like that's so great because he's happy about that and he's made other people happy. And then everyone else, like even the rich people, are like, yeah, I'm down for a hot dog. Like, fuck it. And like I know they they the have like the monocles and is... stuff. It's like like no one's too rich for a good Frank. Yeah, I don't know. Just like the theme of that episode, it doesn't hit you over the head with it. Like it's not like this is what we were building into. It's just like. Actually, you know, this episode was about this. And everything else, like, was fun, too. It, it, it's yeah, very it's just elegant. Yeah, sweet ending. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, one more Zoidberg question. I feel like it's a little try-hard, but do you remember the episode where they did, like, Zoidberg's origin story? Um, which one was this? Because there's a couple episodes that are kind of, like, involve him, you know, going it, back to his home planet or meeting his own No, it was about, um, it was about... Professor Farnsworth meeting Zoidberg. I do not remember that episode. That must have been one of the newer ones. Okay i i won't uh, I won't talk about it then. Are you going to watch these later episodes still? Yes, I, I think we're going to go through the whole show, and then I believe we're going to either hit Rick and Morty next again because there's a new season of that, or I think there was a new season Archer we might hit next. Well, when you get to that Zoidberg episode, let's revisit it because I'm curious on your take because I feel like it's kind of divisive. Some people say it's try hard, and some people say it worked, but. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. 
Yeah, I I gotta say though, I mean, man, Futurama's good. <laughs> um, did you ever watch uh, Disenchanted? No. It's uh, it does. It's missing the magic. Which is funny because it's a fantasy show. Yeah, and I I do mean that very deliberately. Like it doesn't feel fantastical enough. Um, like if <laughs> Futurama has more like Deus Ex Machina stuff happening in it than this one with wizards in it. Uh, it's yeah, it's sort of missing something, but it it kind of uh, it scratches an itch. Like watching those new episodes, it's like, boy, I can't get Futurama anymore. But at least there's like a drunk little demon swearing. Sure. So I'll enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I love I love Elfo. Um, Elfo is an elf. I and he's he's out. so nice that he, when he dies in the season one finale, and he's in heaven. And they, they use, like, a crystal ball to talk to him. And they say, Alpha, we need your help. You have to come back. And he's like, okay, I'll come help. And so he goes talks to God. Says, hey, God, can I leave heaven? And he's like, no, you're you're a good person, so you're stuck here. He's like, well, then I'll make I'll make you not like me. And the whole episode is Elfo trying to offend God. And it's like he can't do it because he's too polite. That is really funny. That's a, that is clever. It's a cute episode. But it's also, like. It's missing. It's missing a little bit more. <laughs> you know, it's like there, there's structure there. I see the idea. I sure. see what you're doing. But with Futurama, I feel like there's gags so frequently. I love some of the recurring background characters. Like we didn't even talk about Hedonism Bot. Oh, he's great. He's such a stupid one note character, but they know when to play that note. Yeah, and just insert him into random situations. Or that one dude that um. Like has all the weird odd jobs. He's kind of fat, and he's got like a kind of Brooklyn-y accent. He he's no. just like it, he just shows up every once in a while. Like uh, I think you first see him at he's like uh, at the truck stop, and he's like whistling at Leela, and Fry's just like trying to make him stop. Oh, oh, not I was thinking of a robot, but you're thinking of is a human, right? Yes. And he he's the guy that always ends like every word with S. Like hey, you guys can't park here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you stupid mooks. You get out of his. It, it's always just fun to see him show up because he's so one note and he's always doing the same kind of like blue collar job and he's not happy about it and he's not doing it well. But it's, I don't know, it's just like, hey, it's him. He's, he's doing something new today. I hope, I hope this one works out for him. I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's a very good show. Um, I think it's funny how much of this, like, I haven't actually watched an episode in years at this point. I have so many of these lines, like, ingrained in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say that about a lot of things. What do you think about, like, the continued, and we're, I know we're kind of close to being done, but, like, the continued thing with the Fry and Leela? The, that like the will they, won't they? Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me because it, it's, the show is very much a comedy and there's enough inconsistency where it's like something bad will happen one week, but then it just magically gets resolved and everyone's like, hey, I'm happy. So whenever they want to do one of those episodes, I don't feel like it's so frequent that it gets in the way. Yeah, I was kind of. Uh, I, I like the one where uh, Fry got stabbed by the bee and he died. That's a great episode. Yeah. And then like the ending is it was actually Leela in a coma the whole time and it was a dream. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's another quote I love is like Leela's so happy to see Fry 
Um, and then he shows like his wound where it just it went all the way through him. He's like, "Yeah, my new liver came from a a guy that liked a motorcycle." Vroom vroom. Like <laughs> he's like, "There's no gravity to what happened." It's like this that's really grim, and he's just having a good day. I love how he doesn't care that he got like got basically got disemboweled by a giant bee, and he's like, "He's fine though, so it's, it doesn't matter. It's not going to bother him." I, I think their yeah, relationship I- <laughs> works because like it, it's not. It's infrequent enough where it doesn't get in the way. It doesn't feel like, fine, guys, just fucking resolve this. But when they do play it, I feel like they write it really well. I love the episode where they go, they find out there's, like, Professor creates a box with their, another universe in it. And they're going back and forth. They're trying to figure out who's the evil universe. And then they find out the only real difference is, like, the, the a coin flip. And so Fry and Leela are married because she flipped a coin and went on a date with him. And but then, like, like Fry actually, finds like, that out. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't they're, like, like, legitimately in love, though. Like, it worked. And, and Fry yeah. is just, like, so bitter. And then and then she agrees to go out a date with him at the end and doesn't flip the coin. She's like, you know, we'll just say it's heads. And, like, it's like, oh, that's that's really a nice way to resolve that. That's very, very cute. Um, I also like how they resolve the universe thing by turning the boxes inside out mm-hmm. so that their box contains their own universe. And it's like, how's that work? It's like, I don't know. And then somebody, like, sits on it and squishes the universe a bit. Yeah. Um now did you did you see like the last movie they did? Um it, movie movie in quotation marks. Like it's kind of a part of the season, but it's like they'd sell it as a DVD that was three episodes. Let me find it. That's the Into the Wild Green Yonder. I don't know if that was the name. This is the two thousand nine Let me look it up. The fourth one, right? Oh, I'm trying to remember. That kind of sounds right. Oh, they're on Mars. A group of eco-feminists led by Frida Waterfall protests the destruction of the environment, leading to an accident that leaves Frida's necklace lodged inside Fry's brain. No, it doesn't sound right. Or I don't does it? I know this episode. No, that was a that was a different one. Okay, I got to look this up real quick. I, def- I definitely haven't seen that one. There's a and d one. That was that one was try hard. I didn't care for that one. And then A Beast with a Billion Backs and then Bender's Big Score was the other one. I'll just go to the episode lists on the wiki. I know I've seen at least three of these. The only one I remember is The Beast with a Billion Backs. Where they like Earth falls in love collectively with like a god alien. This is weird. I cannot find this episode, and I hate the Wikipedia. Um, but it was an episode where like Leela fell in love with this other guy. Do you remember that at all? There's a, I don't know about falling in love with. I don't know. That one had some good Fry Leela moments. I I wanted to tie this back elegantly into your question, but I literally just. <laughs> I, sure. I I ruined the whole ending here. That's okay. We want to wrap up. I know there's probably a lot of dead air to cut, but... I do! Okay. So, one of the plans for next week is to do another music listen along. And I'm way better at talking about music than I am about Futurama, allegedly. So, do we, we want to announce our albums... Yeah, did you make a did you make a decision yet there, did you? 
Yeah, I listened to both the ones I wanted to. I was thinking about today, and I think I'm gonna go with uh, Kardashev, "The Barring of Shadows," which is a four or five song EP. Um, they describe their music as like a mixture of death metal and shoegaze. It's very, uh, it's very genre interesting, which is I think the primary reason I wanna I wanna uh, talk about it. It's very it's very unique. Um, it is my vocal coach's band, and so. That'll also be kind of fun to talk about. And that's hard to spell. So anybody that wants to listen along and do your homework for next week so you can appreciate the conversation, just click on the show notes and I'll link to the uh, YouTube music page. Okay, good idea. Yeah, I guess like some of the bands I listen to have really, really weird or awkward names. Kardashev is technically a science term about like black holes or something. Uh, So that one doesn't underline in red. If you type it in, but like Shal Magogner, which is a, a black and death metal band, like like why why would you do that? I I, I never know how to spell that one. Or Elvati is another one. I, I don't know how to spell that because there's like extra vowels in there for no goddamn reason. But we're not going that with those. We're right. going. Yeah. What what are you gonna have me listen to, Cameron? Uh, my pick for this music club. Uh, I want to go back to an old Glad space of mine. And we're going to do the third rate's first album, See What Sticks. We'll see if it sticks. I'm kind of excited because I vaguely remember you talking about that. Yeah. Did you listen to any of it? Nope. So it's Ska. And I feel like Ska has a weird reputation right now because it's kind of this hipster thing where people that are beyond pop music are like, no, I don't listen to that. I listen to Ska. Do you know what Ska is? So you, you run this risk of very obnoxious people. Sure, uh, but there's there's some good ska bands. I I don't describe myself as a ska fan per se, but this album in particular, it's uh all the guys in it, in the band rather, uh they all kind of had the same agreement of like I'm tired of just wishing that we were in a band. Let's just fucking have fun and do it. Nice. And every song has this attitude of like let's just have fun. So some of them have different takes on them. Some of them have like reggae in it or rap but it's because they're just like goofing and having fun with what they want to do intelligently and artistically sure. because these are talented people um so yeah uh, it's a uh, see what sticks by the third rates i think it's fun i hope that nobody listens to it and goes oh this is obnoxious um i think it's fun i have bad taste in music so i can't always measure that i uh I remember I was talking to some some people that we were going to do another music club and uh, I was waffling between albums, and I was like, and Cameron's going to make me listen to Ska. And Alice, I think, actually is like, well, see what sticks by the third rates is good. Might be that one. <laughs> I, I swear to God, she is, is what she said. I, I'm kind of scrolling up to see if it's on here. but No, I believe it, though. I um, They got a lot of uh, love and push. Like When they released the album, um, it was interesting watching them on Twitter because they were getting like support and allocates from outlets that they weren't expecting. Like they they're genuinely humble. Oh nice. You know, it's it was kind of just fun to see real people just making art for real and having a real good time. That'll that'll be fun, I think. Uh anything that's like I like albums with a lot of diversity on them, but versus you know as far as like in sound cuz I almost almost had you listen to Alinium, which is an EDM album and like the fun thing about him is that he's got like new singers on every song. Like he composes all the songs and he writes the lyrics and the melodies, but then he gets 
because he's not a singer, so he gets other people to sing on him. And so you get like a really wide variety of vocal talent. And so every song has a really different flavor to it just for that. And so his stuff's really good. Um, and maybe I'll save that for another listening party because there's there's things to talk about there. But I think I think I might have more fun talking about Kardashev just because it's, it's a bit more of my wheelhouse, but it's also uh, structurally and vocally like really accessible to people who don't listen to heavy music and uh like i've had i've had my parents listen to that band they're like oh you know these guys are pretty good so you you get a you get a a interesting mix of sounds with them that i I think you you might appreciate i think it'll be fun um oh i guess we still uh we can still wrap up with a glad space do you have anything nice to share i don't have to work tomorrow oh that's a good glad space i'm super glad um, my glad space is a fish restaurant I went to. Ooh. I think it's a chain, but I'm assuming they don't spread out too far, but it's called California Fish Grill. I, I've definitely never heard of it. I Well, I mean, it's just generic words. Like, I, I, if I had a restaurant, you would remember the damn name. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, they really know how to grill a fish. I, I don't eat enough seafood. I'm very, very picky when it comes to that. Man, they got a they got a uh, tilapia that's ten out of ten. They got mahi mahi that's ten out of ten. I like calamari. Uh, me and nice. Richard went the other week, and I, I don't think he ever tried it. And uh, he he definitely was like, "Yeah, I'm coming back again." So it's just a you know it was a nice little like it's a hot summer day. We went out. We we got some fresh fish, and they got these like spicy fries that went with it. Um, it fun. was kind of nice. Yeah, I, I I really appreciate good fish recipes when I can find them because it's like it's hard to eat fish. <laughs> they taste bad. I don't know if I think fish taste bad, but I also don't. I stick with like tilapia and cod. Like I don't go too crazy with when I eat fish. Like you batter fry some cod, I'm I'm game. That's that's hard to fuck up. What's the other one? The popular one, salmon. Yeah, I don't like salmon. But there's a very specific way to do it where it's like, oh, I guess I do like salmon. And then I'll order it somewhere else. And it's like, no, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, an Irish pub kind of restaurant, lacrosse, called... Um, shit, what is the name of that? Dublin. Dublin Square. Which, of course, it fucking is, right? But they have a, a really good uh, fish there, batter fried fish. Or that, uh, nice. Every time I go there, it's like, you know what I have to do is get their fish. And then it get, get, a, little, get a little Jameson on the rocks. Very, very nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got, like, nice uh, Mexican import beers that complement all the dishes. So, yeah, I, I'm going to guess there's not a lot of locations for California Fish Grill. But if you do happen to see that sign, the terribly generic sign that just says California Fish Grill in a fucking rectangle, <laughs> uh, pull over your car and say, Cameron told me to eat here and order the dynamite fries. They're really good. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good glad space. That's all. I'm looking forward to Music Club next week. We always have fun Music Club episodes. Yeah, hopefully I'll actually like have a conversation and not sound like a babbling moron. I feel like the it's been a, a rough episode. Yeah, that's okay, though. Sorry, everybody. I feel like it's been a rough month. I don't know how you feel, but I'm feeling a little worn down. Yeah, it has been a, a rough oh. month. It, it kind of... I'm not just saying this. I think recording the show with you is literally a highlight of the week. Yeah. It it, it it's uh 
<laughs> I know I haven't been bringing my best lately either, so I, I um, partially blame the summer heat. Oh, man, it's been fucking brutal. It's been so goddamn humid lately, too. You walk outside, my glasses, like, fog up. Yeah, that's the that's a good sign, isn't it? Like, man, this weather could fuck off into the sun. Been storming at weird hours. Freaking rained really hard last night. Lost power this morning. But almost over. I should not have any more drinks than I'd had two. I don't know if I like poured stiff ones. I've been drinking so much this month too, which has also been a problem. I need to like take a couple weeks off and just chill. I'll stop bitching though. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit stop recording. So goodbye, everybody. Stop recording now. Siri, stop recording. Activate. Print episode.